0: Welcome to the Transformation Goddess Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm Shan VanderLeek, founder of True Balance International and blogger at TransformationGoddess.com. The intention of the Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational stories of women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. Today, it's my honor to introduce you to Mary Cohen. Mary is a full-time author, coach, and stress management lecturer, while also running a website called Goddess Mecca. Interactive with her book, it's a celebration of the goddess in all women with separate sections on mythology, lifestyle, cookery, and blogs. You You may remember Mary as the author of Love and the Goddess, which is a book that I read some months back and did a review on at our blog as well. And I'll make sure that I have a link to Mary's book within our interview. Welcome, Mary. It's such a pleasure to have you here today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm honored, Shan. And it's been wonderful connecting with you.
0: You too. It's so great to to find you in Ireland and our connection between the States and Ireland and and having uh, met last september and and to be able to come together on skype like this and have a conversation is is magical truly it is terrific yes yes
1: and i so admire what you're doing with transformation goddess it's amazing and it's a great support to me knowing that this is recognized and that you're in the states you've a wider audience i'm in the west of ireland and it's slow to gain momentum. There are diverse groups interested in the goddess, but it it's not all that cohesive in Ireland just yet. And people wonder, what is it about? And in writing my book, I aimed to write popular fiction, which would be like a bridge to people who didn't really understand the spiritual path. Right.
0: Where I'd like to begin is having you share... personal transformation that you've experienced or are experiencing within the last year or so
1: you know the the word transformation uh, as when i first set foot on this path it was my health my health began to break down i developed fibromyalgia and i found there was no answer to it in uh, conventional medicine so I started looking at uh, yeah traditional and integrative medicine and some of my friends were getting interested in that around the same time. So it began to open up a whole new world to me. I reconnected with a part of me that was very alive when I was a child. The love of nature, having gone into nature with my grandmother, feeling so a joy, a natural joy um, in nature that that we we don't get from material things living in the material world it's all about achievement and I was working in fashion PR and doing fashion shoots and writing uh, press releases for my clients to say these clothes are wonderful and oh my god you look so sexy if you wear these clothes and it was all a, a very material and outer and selling an outer image there were perks to that job where I got beautiful clothes and wonderful shoes, great collection of shoes and everything. But there's no lasting happiness in that. Um, It's wow for the first half an hour and or until you bring them home and then your life is the same. But to reconnect back into with spirituality. And that's what happened when I began exploring alternative medicine. And it certainly helped my health. And I went on to become a bioenergy healer. But I also learned back to where I started there that um, I began hearing words like transformation, and I thought, yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> I was thinking of it in terms of a material thing, <laughs> <laughs> coming from coming from my how materialistic I was back then. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have that. Or enlightenment also can can sound like a, a material objective.
0: Uh-huh. That,
1: yeah, that sounds wonderful. You know make me this chilled out person and give me this transformation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was very naive uh, because I didn't realize that this is uh, you have to go through certain trials uh, in order to transform. It's not instantaneous. And in that way, I suppose I I've got become very interested. Always was actually very interested in indigenous cultures, older, more traditional cultures tribal cultures where they had rites of passage or different transitions that the tribe members would go through so that's missing in our society the the rite of passage the support that a rite of passage would provide say going through and i suppose one of the biggest uh transitions when you have earlier transitions in life from I won't bother going through them all, but obviously the teenage um, from child to teenage is a huge transition. There isn't a rite of passage for that. And then there is sort of for the 21st birthday, uh, the big celebration around that. And um, there are for marriages and baptism. um, They've become quite commercial. Everything in our life has become commercial and materialistic. So a real transformation isn't that obvious. So to talk about What have I gone through in the last year? I think one of the things I'm presently going through is detachment, learning what uh, detachment is. And with that non-attachment, the two are slightly different. If I talk about non-attachment, I would have always had attachment to everything. I was quite a controlling person, uh, certainly as a teacher. Um, And I remember thinking at, 31 years of age I don't know why that seems to be a marker in my life but thinking that I'd achieved a lot but when I when I say that I'm talking about having achieved a lot in the material sense and I was quite proud of myself and I thought I'm a teacher now and you know I can control my classes and um, I've got my, uh, my two kids my youngest I had another child after that but I thought I've got my two perfect kids and I've got a nice car the nice house And I've got everything I want and feeling really, really proud of that. Um, And actually, I remember having an arrogance, really, Shan. I have to admit an arrogance and uh, a way of looking at other people whom I felt. uh, I, I would have judged other people as not coming up to the mark. Right. And I feel very. Uh, ashamed of that but I must forgive myself for that now too when I look back I wouldn't like to be that person now that I was at 31 even though I thought I had achieved everything but yet I can look back with compassion on that 31 year old me and say that a lot of that arrogance and that uh, smugness was coming from a lack deep within me that I was counting my material goods and I was saying, I have the husband, I have the the house, the, the kids and I'm achieving such and such and materially, we were like a business partnership, my my husband and myself too. We bought some property too before even the big boom in Ireland and we did quite well out of it. And so there there was that, that incredible smugness. And I know that people looked up to me uh-huh. because of what I achieved, I'd achieved materially. That even if I went on continental holidays to even going from Ireland to, say, a city like Paris or Milan, that I knew how to dress to suit those places. And I was proud of that, that I could look cosmopolitan. And so it was all very superficial, Chad. My transition in the last year, well, it's a transition that's been going on quite a while. It's a transition that's been going on almost seven years and I do believe in cycles of seven but this certainly hasn't ended or else it's gone into a slightly different phase but if I go back seven years would have been the beginning of my marriage breakdown. I found that I was very Catholic. I came from a very Catholic background so I found that very hard to accept. That, That to me was my biggest failure in life that no, this can't be happening and I will do anything to hold this marriage together. That's how I was. So a huge, attachment, right. huge attachment to the marriage, to how it defined me and uh, I had to hold on to this marriage no matter what. That um, I went into all the mind stuff, the noise and the mind that said, oh, God, they'll say this about you, they'll say that about you. Oh, you'll be regarded as such a failure. And not only that, then I would have berated myself and say, well, I will be letting down my children. Right. Sociology was one of the subjects that I'd studied as part of um, I'd been a home economics teacher. And when I studied home economics teaching, we studied about 12 subjects. It's a very wide course. And they went from art, practical subjects like art and cookery to the social sciences so in studying sociology it was actually a very narrow view of sociology that we studied and what was in the books at the time I was teaching would have been there would have been a huge section on you know the nuclear family right and subsection on that would have been the dysfunctional family right right (laughs) so what when I knew that my marriage was breaking down then I said oh no no I'm not going to have a dysfunctional family I'm not going to break up my family and not going to allow this to happen I'm going to hold on for dear life because no way and in the sociology that as I said I I was even teaching and was in the books that I was teaching it was that the children of broken marriages would be highly dysfunctional would be drug addicts would be this would be dropouts would be that you know right so huge huge attachment to my marriage so it's a process this transition has been going on a long time that's what brought me then um, along with uh deteriorate my, my health deteriorating at the same time i began to study spiritual traditions as well as studying um alternative medicine i prefer to call it really integrative medicine where they um or energy medicine where they use some of the knowledge from from um from um modern medicine and um marry it with older traditional like acupuncture and very various um different modalities like that, but anyway, um so the non attachment that was i 've had to break down a lot of things within my personality to get to where I am shan so i've had to knock chips off my own ego right i've through different uh, knocking off those chips at different stages i 've missed the old parts of myself because they worked in a particular way in society. the old me worked and fitted into society in a particular way and as I said I viewed myself as successful so taking each chip off my personality where I would um where I would let go of something and say no if it's the right thing to do and begin looking at things with a different perspective Marianne Williamson says a miracle is a shift in perception Um. so I've had lots of shifts in perception where I've Being able to say, no, I cannot stay in a marriage that has become toxic for both of us and for the children, that I have to walk away from that. So that was the shift in perception from saying it was a perfect uh, nuclear family, which would sustain the children and which would help to hold everything together, which would. So that shift went from no, um, I have to try to I have I have to leave this in order to become my better self. And I have to be able to let go and detach from what I regarded was the one and only way to live. Right. You know, yeah. So it's taught me that that in itself then has has given me a lot of humility and um, empathy, compassion for others. I'm no longer looking through a lens that has such tunnel vision that says there's, there's only one way to do it right. Right. Being a teacher then has given me a good viewpoint, like I've seen where kids I was teaching, perhaps when they left school, their life seemed to go wrong, you know, um, when they were only about 17 or 18. And uh, I now see some of those kids, they had possibly difficult transitions at an earlier age than I had 17, 18. And I now see how they they're living happy lives, how they manage. It's wonderful to see that that women are so capable of doing this. Sure, sure. That that, uh, young women who, for different reasons, you know, fell out. Really, all they did was fall outside the norm of society. Some of them, um, you know, in one or two cases, they may have had uh, become pregnant and yet they didn't have the comfort of having the father with them. So they were single parents at a very young age and in other cases they may have had difficulties with drink or uh, drugs and when i see so when i see them now and that they've pulled their life together it's wonderful it's 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 amazing that's a miracle to watch other people's lives and to to see the beauty in that to see how how they have transitioned um through different trials they're different to the trials i've been presented with but there's a resonance all the same there's sure sure there is there's a resonance you know Mm -hmm. Um, you know I'm at a much older stage in my life where I thought I'd be putting on the slippers Shan. (laughs) I, I did I really did I thought look I'd be glad to sit by the fireside put on the slippers you know do a bit of knitting or read a book the kids will be getting on and you know i i actually thought i'd be in a i'd be quite content to be in a very passive role at this stage of my life because i'm over 50 now i thought that was ancient that being over 50 was ancient i was very close to my dear grandmother who died quite young she was in her early 60s so as a child i kind of my life expectancy as a child i always thought i'd only live to be kind of 60 or just over oh. 60 you know uh-huh. but now we see that living that women and men indeed too live much longer so yeah the attachment to all those dreams had to go to detach it's a huge huge lesson um, and non-attachment because I went on a holiday there I had as my book is based on a part of my book is based on spiritual journeys that I went on to Brazil and Peru and I had an amazing time my marriage had broken up um, just before I went on those journeys and I went there with amazing women I just had a wonderful time it couldn't have been any better. Then two years after that or so, I went on a trip to China and I thought I was going on a trip to do lots of Tai Chi. So I had all these, had an attachment to an idea before I went on the trip. So just to go into a more exact definition of non-attachment. And I'd actually gone out of the now and I'd seen, I had envisaged this trip to China all 21 days of it, what I'd be doing every day of the 21 days, I'd written the script before I went on it, you know, <laughs> isn't it cracked? But obviously, I'm not the only one who does this. No, no you're not. That. Yeah, crazy. And, uh, you know, as I was packing my suitcase, oh, yeah, I'd be wearing that when I'm doing that kind of, thing. But, you know, totally not a, not present at all to this. And I come back like an Amazonian, I'd be so strong after all the Tai Chi and all of this ended up not being the trip that I expected at all that Uh, The person I booked it with announced the day that I arrived over there, we won't be doing that much Tai Chi after all, he says. Most of the group are more interested in sightseeing and shopping. Yes, they were all grand people, fine people, but they weren't like the people that I had gone to Brazil and Peru with who were very interested in the spiritual process and the spiritual journey. So I missed that. I didn't, you know, bond with anyone per se on that trip. I found that traveling extremely tiresome you know going all going halfway around china and long bus journeys of eight hour bus journeys and being out in the heat some days for 10 hours and not even having a packed lunch and having to live on pea lollies that's what i got addicted to over there lollipops made of not lollipops ice lollies made of made from peas there was the most (laughs) precious thing i could get yeah so oh yeah, on one side, like somebody else might say, oh, sure, that was a wonderful trip. Look, you saw you saw lo- loads of amazing cultural um, things, which I did too. But it wasn't the trip that I did. So that that uh, trip uh, taught me a big lesson in non attachment and do not go there. Always stay present. Right. Uh, if you book a trip and we've all done this because we're looking at the pictures in the magazines and stuff don't expect anything um from that trip don't don't just go there stay present and wait until it happens because if if you've envisaged it in advance and it's all wonderful and the sun is shining every day and it's absolutely the right temperature you could be very disappointed and things can get cancelled and You know, I had some of that even on the Peru trip where uh, planes were cancelled. So I think it's a big thing in relation to possibly holidays and the breaks we go on that we do expect them to be like a fairy tale or a fantasy. Mm -hmm. And it's a good example of non-attachment. Just don't go there book and have faith that in some way, like the rest of your life, you'll learn lessons
0: how is this how is this detachment and this lesson in non-attachment help you relate to your body and sexuality and power?
1: I suppose it it helps me relate to my body in that it's different again to the western uh, model of medicine where there's an attachment to always being well. Mm. In that you know if you're not well then fix it with a pill. Right that uh, we don't listen to the symptoms of going by the Western model of medicine. Uh, We don't listen to the... And I was married to somebody who had a... uh, who was in, not not a doctor, but a a different medical profession. So I, you know, I'm used to listening to this and I would have bought into this as part of my marriage too, that um, there's a pill for everything. So non-attachment then is more in keeping with the traditional medicine and energy medicine in that the symptoms that come up in our body, we listen to them, tune in, breathe, take the breath. And go right into that part of the body that is aching, that isn't feeling well, and to dialogue with it. Right, right. And listen to what is it saying? And it's more then you get an intuitive hunch that um, for example having I feel sinus problems is a little bit of grieving and always the lungs too. the lungs are very related to to grief and that we store that emotion in the lungs so where there's this phlegm it can be partly and helped by helped with diet definitely but where you breathe in and there's difficulty with the breathing Uh, and to get into the lungs and it can also help with what affirmation can I do to help, to help these symptoms Mm. can I do? And when
0: you're, and when you're feeling well, coming back to that relation to your body and and to your sexuality and your power, if you're, you know, refer to that, that space of starting to heal and, and feel better mind, body and soul.
1: Yes, I think it's, yeah, it's the, the feeling well is a better, it's a greater ability to be in the now, uh. to, to um, just appreciate the now and to, again, to feel the stillness, to appreciate that stillness, that there's a beauty in stillness and um, in stillness comes wisdom, but also in relaxing into one's body, Uh, there's a natural feeling of sexual power there which uh, begins at the base of the spine. The whole Kundalini is very, it's a very feminine energy, Uh Kundalini itself. And um, certainly the more relaxed I am, the more it's a feeling of that this is a slow uncoiling of the energy at the base of my spine, which when it moves up and certainly into the, from the base chakra into the sacred chakra, which is the seat of creativity and sexuality, there is a feeling as it moves in there of being in my creative and sexual power of mm-hmm. this. And the, the bliss that can come from that, that certainly it's um, that chakra is, is a is a chakra that can emanate a wonderful feeling of bliss and moving up then into the other chakras of raising it up to joy as it moves through the solar plexus and certainly to the heart. And I love the image. It's always just an image a visualization I have of joy in the heart and the hummingbird representing that. It's a very shamanic image. Uh-huh. The little the hummingbird chirping in there.
0: Well, I like what you said, because we're also going to be publishing answers to these questions today that are that are a little bit different than our actual conversation. But one of the things that Mm -hmm. you said was, my power as a woman lies in my connection to my own heart, my Mm -hmm. softness, and my increasing ability to show compassion and love for others. That just Mm -hmm. knocked me out. That was just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know what some of your favorite sacred feminine rituals are.
1: I seem I I've always been even as a, I as a kid, you know, very very into the the feminine and tactile and my daughters too. The, it's one thing about my daughters even from the time they were little children they loved the feel of fabrics, you know, the mm. sensuality and they're we're like that about food too. That's why on on my my blog my website that i and i was a home ec teacher that i love creating food too which is uh sensual and even though i don't have a very sweet tooth and don't eat cannot handle an awful lot of sugar one of my favorite things is making cakes i love making cakes and i feel very much in my feminine power making a cake too <laughs> sure um, <laughs> sure especially something like a bailey's cheesecake or a really gooey chocolate cake it's decadent it is. It's very decadent, isn't it? Really? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Very decadent. I think it's it's got Venusian energy as well, uh, especially if you sure. decorate it beautifully. I love to decorate them beautifully, and actually, my daughters are almost better at decorating them than me. So, sometimes, so that would be one thing with my daughters that I love doing is making cakes with my daughters. Now, one of my daughters is living in Scotland, so she's she's not home that often with me, but it's it's a thing that bonds us together i know i didn't write that but it just came to me today that when we make cakes together yeah uh, there's that wonderful feeling and we laugh a lot and there's a, a kind of storytelling that goes on because they're both good storytellers and they're good mimics my daughters are good mimics they have a good sense of humor too i used to think that my older daughter would make a good comedian but she has <laughs> yeah so she can she puts on voices and things so a lot of the play will come out it's like it's almost like playing with, uh, with sure or sand or something, you know. Right, it's right. A, it's a grown up way, isn't it? It's a grown up way of playing with muckers. And even though any mother can do it with younger daughters too. other things would be bathing too. the, the water, water is very, very sensual. And even um, being in the sea or having oh, a yes. bath at home with scented oils and the crystals and the candles, uh-huh. um, especially in winter wintertime. Um, And it can still we have some days now it's quite spring like today here in Ireland, but we we can still have the odd day, which is when it's very wintry. And so that's one thing for me personally that I love is to to bathe and and have the crystals and the candles and uh, the essential oils. And uh, coming from that, then massage, I love to give and receive massage. Mm. um and again have the the oils the essential oils sure sure and um so they would be certainly feminine rituals for me or a walk in nature I'm very blessed Shan to live near I don't know whether I've ever sent you a link of cool park have I sent you a link by you you haven't but I I believe you may have did you refer to it in your book
0: I did yeah yeah I think I remember that I'm very
1: blessed to live Nearby, that uh, it only takes me ten minutes in the car to get there, and I walk through the woods. It's more like a forest, really. And the right. forest is always feminine. It, it, the energy of the forest or the woods has always been regarded as feminine. Um, and again, to listen to nature, the chirping of the birds and the the, the sounds are wonderful this yeah. year. Even the yeah. dawn chorus, they, it sounds more like the hummingbird actually here in Ireland. I I can't get over it really. And sometimes I'll have wear earplugs at night to keep noise of traffic out. But uh, I've woken some mornings where my earplugs have fallen out, and they're they're chirping in a really happy way. So there's something <laughs> energetically, energetically right. There's something good going on there. So okay. the woods, then Cool Park for me is is almost it's almost a place of ritual, and I will often meditate by the lake there. Wonderful, um, wonderful, yes let's Uh,
0: let's share uh, your inspiration for we're coming up on that half hour point when we normally wrap our interviews and so i want to make sure we have enough time to share a little bit about your inspiration for love and the
1: goddess my main inspiration was uh the myth the triple goddess myth i just became totally fascinated and obsessed by it as during the, at the beginning of that transition, when I go back seven years, a strange thing started to happen, you know, as I'd meditate or I, when I'd go into nature. And this strange thing was that I started to channel mythology. I'd never studied mythology. I'd only read very simple mythology to my youngest daughter um, from a very simple a children's book. And myths would come to me as I, as I walked through Cool Park. Um, and sometimes fairy stories. I love the fairy stories of Uh Anderson, too. And I would find great comfort in the myths and the fairy stories. And it seems very strange that a woman my age would relate to a fairy story like Pumbelina. I had lost a lot of weight. People used to actually call me tiny at the time because Uh it looked as if my frame was so tiny, I, I was very, very thin. Well, I'm five foot six, so I'm not really tiny, tiny right. but with that weight loss. Um, I just looked, even though mature in years, I looked girly and tiny. One day, this thought just came into my head as I was near a tree and it looked like I just imagined the tree was like the swallow that Thumbelina got up on and flew away on. And um, I used to climb the trees. Emily was quite young at the time, so she'd climb. So I had an excuse to climb the trees now she won't climb them then. <laughs> <I'm there. laughs> I have to be careful that I'm, I'm not, you know, that people don't say, oh my God, that woman's nuts. Look at her up on the tree. But uh, And these trees were hugged by WB Yeats and Lady Gregory. So I'm honoured. Mm, right. Yeah, I'm really honoured and um, that I can hug these same trees. So it's, I said, oh, I am, th- this thought came into my head through my subconscious, I am Thumbelina. And it gave me such um, comfort that, and I said, oh, Thumbelina got over her trials and tribulations I can too and from that then came the myth of the triple goddess somehow came to me
0: uh-huh. and
1: uh, it was Persephone's journey that I that first came to me the, uh, Persephone being in the underworld where I felt I was at the time and um, then that the next uh, and it's again associated with Carl Jung was very much into myths and fairy stories and I'm a great Devotee of Carl Jung's, so that was probably tying in and coming through my subconscious also. Um, so Demeter, uh, then her mother is the next goddess in the myth. She slightly more in power, but still the mournful goddess. And then the next goddess was Hecate, whom I feared. And I uh-huh. thought of it as part of my Catholicism that I feared. But um, at the time, I thought, oh my God, that's that's a terrible goddess, you know. And <laughs> I shudder when I thought of her. And and I said, oh, but I, I can't entertain thoughts of her. And then the more I wrote in my daily journal, too, when I'd journal uh, my thoughts and my emotions, get in touch with them, and I'd write about Hecate, and I'd speak to people. Um, about or even men. And it dawned on me that, no, this is a very wise goddess. This is the older crone goddess. There's no right. here here. This is an amazing archetype. That it's really only society, that old attitudes from society um, and and from established religion that cast Hecate. Uh, as a witch. And what's wrong with the witch at that too? Like women were burnt at the stakes in the in the Middle Ages because these were women of power who were healers. So yes, that's it's all tying in with the triple the triple goddess. Right, right. I loved this myth and I became more comfortable with this idea of that one could transition from Persephone to Demeter, the mother goddess and then to Hecate the older goddess and that she represented um, the wise woman right gift of alchemy right and that alchemy is the ability to transform transformation to transform our life experiences some of our, our difficult experiences of sadness grief loss um, into the gold of wisdom mm. what a wonderful gift from well and it
0: really shined through it really shined through in the book and that's and for mecca. every and for everyone listening, you can find "Love in the Goddess" at Amazon.com, and I'll have links that that I'll share with you. and And Mary, our, our time is winding up now, and so I would love for you to share uh, where our listeners can find you. That would you like them to find you at GoddessMecca.com, or where, um, where's the best place? Yes.
1: yes. Yes, they can find me at my website and if they want to send a personal message uh, through my website, I'll get it by email. Uh, I'm always delighted to hear from anybody and I'll communicate back. I'll send an email back. Anybody who wishes to contact me or I'm on Twitter at Goddess Mecca on Twitter or Facebook. Anybody feel free to friend me on Facebook to Mary E. Cone um, is my personal uh, Facebook page.
0: And fabulous. I
1: have a Goddess Mecca page there too.
0: Yes. Well let's let's talk about um I'm I'm just gonna share a little bit more information about your free gift and then I'm gonna send you on your way to your to hopefully what is a a beautiful afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary has graciously and generously shared a free gift, and it's a goddess quiz. And um, I'll have this at the website, but you can also find it at goddessmecca.com. It's great fun to answer the questions and to find out which Greek goddess you most resemble in personality. And that's something that is at goddessmecca.com, www.goddessmecca.com. Dot com. Mary, thank you so much for sharing time with us today, for sharing from your heart, your transparency, your wisdom, your kindness. I'm just so very, very grateful to know you and, and that you made time to share with us today.
1: Thank you so much. My pleasure, Shan.
0: Thanks for listening. You're invited to visit TransformationGoddess.com to receive Shan's enchanting audio series for supportive practices, to awaken your inner goddess.